Drunk Dietitians is co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. These dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Their mission is for all humans to believe that they were made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. They are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although these ladies are medical professionals, they are human too. They are not afraid to share their deepest, darkest secrets and how years of their lives were taken by diet culture. They started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join Sammy and Jenna for a casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. All right. So today's episode of Drunk Dietitians um, definitely got a little bit emotional. (laughs) We record these after we record the episodes, people, so we can give you all of like the most up-to-date information. And we're like in like emotion world right now. (laughs) Yeah. So for people listening today, I mean, we record ahead of time. And so yesterday, I know Jenna, you had shared this in the episode, but yesterday um, was what January 26th. And that was unfortunately the day of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash, um, with his daughter and the others on board. So just kind of like, I feel like the country as a whole, I feel like is already kind of emotional. And then, yeah. And then just having, um, we had Anna Sweeney on today. She is a registered dietitian. She has a ton of experience in eating disorder, um, in a clinical setting, outpatient setting, Um, And then she also um, has multiple sclerosis and has had MS for, I think it's over about 20 years now. Um, So just hearing how that's affected her body and how she views relationship with her body and how she teaches others about that. It's just, there's no one saying or doing what she's doing right now, like on Instagram or anywhere. You know, I couldn't agree more. And my connection to her isn't as personal after, before this episode was recorded as Sammy's is, but to just have the privilege of hearing her story and hear the way that she faces this world with such passion and gratitude and her mission is to help people heal and to learn to love their bodies and, you know, heal their relationships with themselves. It's just such a powerful thing. And like Sammy just said, you know, yesterday tragedy hit this world and it shows us that we only have a small amount of time on this planet and, you know, making the most of each day is so important. And this woman, Anna, like, shares with us and with you guys in this episode today just how she approaches that and it's pretty powerful I cried laughed a lot but also cried Uh, and was sober today so there's that (laughs) yes and I definitely definitely shed a few tears as she was sharing she'll share a little bit about a hashtag that she created that is just going viral on Instagram and bringing people together from all different communities. And so it's a wonderful episode. It's unlike any others um, that we've recorded. So let's jump right in and get started. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. Today, we have a very special guest, um, not only a colleague, but I like to say a friend as well. So we have 
Miss Anna Sweeney. I call her Dietitian Anna. That's the Instagram <laughs> handle. And I think a lot of people, name. Yep, a lot of people <laughs> just refer to her as that. Um, but Anna is a certified eating disorder dietitian. She's a certified sports nutritionist. She's certified in um, intuitive eating specialist. Um, she has been living with MS for 20 years. Um, and we're going to get a little bit more into that as well. With her background though, she's worked in all levels of eating disorder care, partial hospitalization, residential, inpatient. Um, she also served as the first dietitian for Montanito at Laurel Hill um, Residential Eating Disorder Treatment Facility in Boston, Massachusetts, and currently, or, and currently held the title of National Director of Nutrition nope. Services. What not is current? Nope. <laughs> I, I think that's not current. At one point, held the national director of nutrition services for the organization until 2018. That was the end. Um, so I feel like you're, we could continue to intro you and your credentials and your experience and everything for. So boring. Yeah. Nuh -uh. But I agree from a sense of there's so much more we want to get into more than that. And so um, before we get started, we're going to pass it over to Jenna. We like to start with a little bit of a rapid fire of just like some fun get to know you questions and then we'll jump right in. I love it. I'm, I gotta say though, you two kind of look related today. <laughs> like you really do these two really? blondes on here. <laughs> I feel like didn't say that when we first met. I feel like we got that a lot at the conference. Yeah, and actually like in pictures together. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like totally. Absolutely. All right, sisters. Are you ready? Um, all right, Anna, I'm gonna do a quick little rapid fire. Don't think too much. Just answer got first it. thing that comes to mind. Wine or beer? Wine. Tequila or vodka? Uh <laughs> okay um coffee and tea or tea tea okay sand or snow sand cats or dogs dogs 100 uh, i Ooh. couldn't agree with that more um <laughs> crunchy or smooth peanut butter crunchy oh, okay she might look like you but we are the <laughs> sisters here <laughs> um and then the last one that we love to kind of just get to know a little bit more but if you could have one thing in limitless quantities and it can't be money what would it be oh that's such a good question um if I could have one thing in limitless quantity that is not money, I think I'm going to go with like energy. Mm, energy. That's an amazing answer. Yeah. We haven't gotten that one yet. I These questions or the answer to that question always blows me away. It says so much about the person too. And that's such a beautiful intro to learning more about you. <laughs> yeah. And I also just want to highlight for anybody listening that's not watching your shirt right now. I love this shirt. Where do you buy this again? I see it all over so Instagram and I this, need to buy it. it um, the I eat, basically I eat. It is, um, oh, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look it up while we're on this, while we are on this call. Um, I'll get it back for yeah, you. No, yeah. We'll get it and we'll link it, but it says like, I eat dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, and they're all like crossed out. And then it just says, I eat. I eat. So as another little intro, I just want to share with our people listening too, like how we got to know each other and yeah. we got to meet. So um, I would say you definitely are one of, if not one 
like very top of the dietitians that I've started following that really got me into the non-diet space and made me realize like, wow, okay, it's time for a transition and I need to learn from the best. And so for everyone listening, I met Anna at what, what month was that? When we, was that September, October? September. 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 We were at the non-diet approach workshop held by Fiona Sutherland and Haley Goodrich in Washington, DC, which is the mm-hmm. same weekend as the wind symposium. Um, and so I got the honor of not only getting to meet Anna, but also sit at her table every day. Um, we also drank wine together. Yes, we drank wine together. We almost did a tequila shot, but we we didn't. We have we have to go back to that. Um, but I had been following you on Instagram for a long time before that. So whenever I met you, I felt like I was meeting a celebrity. So as we get into the Instagram space, you've had over the past, like I would say, two years. I mean, you you know your relationship on Instagram, but I feel like it's just like grown like rapid fire. And yeah. so just start by sharing with us, like who, who's a part of your community? Why is it there? And like, why do you love it so much? So I really, I think I really started digging into Instagram and maybe you're right that it's been the last two years, but I think I've been dedicated posting like every day, every weekday for a little bit over over a year um and so i i don't i don't do any of the like the metric things like tracking what's happened with my following but i do know that like i just last week i hit 50k um, it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> um but it's just a place it's been it's really been incredible i remember when i first started playing on instagram like making memes and playing on my phone, like my husband being really kind of like, what are you doing, Anna? This is so <laughs> annoying. Can you just like stop already? And then it like, it kind of became its own thing. And now my husband and I are very clear on the fact that like Instagram is allowed. Um, <laughs> and it, it's really is really an important place for me because I, and I think I posted about this not very long ago, like diet culture and wellness culture is so loud and it is so omnipresent. And I think that the anti-diet dietitians and practitioners that are showing up and really creating a safe space for our people, um, I think it really, really matters. And that's one of the reasons why I am, um, I'm direct and a little bit snarky. And sometimes people don't like the degree of snark and that that's actually really okay. Like I am not for everyone and I, I'm okay with that. It makes me sad that I, I miss the mark occasionally, but I'm a human. So of course I miss the mark occasionally. Um, But I, I really feel really passionately about the humans who I interact with on a regular basis. And there are people, I mean, I, I have an obscene number of people that watch my stories every day. Like it's, who the hell am I? But can I swear on this? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it, it's like, it's been really, it's been really um, special for me because I am, I am but one voice, but I think that I have an articulate voice and I love writing and I love uh, graphic things is not my game, but like, I, I just, I love being in that community because I think we need to be the assertive 
voices on the other side of diet culture will never, I mean, $70 billion sounds amazing. (laughs) I don't see that being part of my life ever. Um, So I will keep showing up because if I can make one person's like experience on the planet a little bit better in on one day then I have done the job yeah I see your posts Anna reposted either on stories or on feeds more than any other dietitian that I follow so I would say that your message hits home a lot (laughs) I'll scroll and be like did she post this twice oh no like somebody else posted it um I mean like every day I mean it's amazing because everything you say I would say like strikes some sort of emotional nerve, you know, like makes people think. And that's the point, right? I think another thing too, and I know Jenna and I have talked about this before is like some dietitians are becoming like robotic where they're channeling out their content like months in advance and just like kind of putting like nutrition facts or like whatever it is. But I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, but I feel like you are one of the people that every day it's like, what is, what is like in your heart and what's in your head and like, what do you need to say? And it's very authentic. And I think that's where the growth happens. Like you said, you're not tracking metrics. It's growing authentically because it's needs to be heard. And it's, it's a very authentic method message. No. And I I write my posts every day. So there'll be something that like a client would say to me in a session and it will spark a something. Mm -hmm. And then I will write a post kind of in, in that vein, but I don't have like a cat I don't use at like any of those software things that mm-hmm. could like I sound like an eight thousand year old person <laughs> um, like but I don't use, I don't use like, any I don't, of I don't, I don't, like <laughs> shut up Sammy but you're not wrong like but I'm not I'm not using like Hootsuite or any of those things to like auto populate mm-hmm. yeah. um and it makes it so that I'm not sending out more than one message in a given day mm-hmm. but it's I like I honestly I don't I don't I really don't know how the number of people that I, I don't know I don't know how things are growing the way that they are and somehow I got Sammy sent me a text the day that I got verified or like the day after I don't know how that happened either that's so awesome yeah. congrats <laughs> That means you have a shiny blue check mark. And then what? I I don't don't know. know. I don't know. It's definitely worth something though. (laughs) I mean, and your growth has been really rapid too, because I, I, I feel like I remember you sitting at the table at the conference we were at, like talking to your following and be like, I just hit like 38,000 and now you're at like 50,000. And that was three months ago. Yeah. It's (laughs) been just rapid. Yeah. No, it happened. It's happening fast. And I love it. Which, and doesn't, it. which doesn't suck. That makes me, it makes me really proud that like there are people that want to hear. And, and my, that's the thing. Like I use Instagram to support other folks, but like Instagram is also for me. And mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. one part of Instagram. And I, I always kind of, just kind of wonder about this, but like, I, I definitely show up and I've appreciated Sammy, you doing the same thing. Like, I, I talk about myself and like, cause that's part of, part of the, the story because at some point, and I, gosh, I hope this is not the case, but if at some point I can't actually do my job, like being in my office, Instagram has made me feel really confident about the fact that I can continue to support folks 
even if I'm only doing virtual work. Absolutely. And like that has been like a really beautiful reminder of the fact that I can stay in this field that I am so passionate and dedicated to, uh, passionate about and dedicated to kind of regardless of where my disability lands me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's like you said, that's, that's huge that you, you have that. And no matter where you go, no matter where life would take you, regardless of your disability, you have that following, you have that mm-hmm. foundation, which is amazing. Um, I think go ahead, there's like so many negatives of social media that we hear about so often, but what you just said is like such a great thing to remember and keep it into perspective. Like we have to be so grateful for what this platform has allowed us to do totally. as practitioners. And I mean, it's funny that you say that too, because I was at a conference this past weekend um, for nutrition and I heard a couple of people talking about how like not directly to me, I was overhearing this, um, but hearing how they were talking about how their Instagram is just for their clients and it, it, every post has to be educational and they stay away from the inspirational and blah, blah, blah. And I was like thinking about how like, oh, well, like maybe they're growing fast. Like, is that the key? And like, it just didn't sit well with me because exactly what you just said, like it has to be for us too, because our story is how we find our people. Right. Um, and I think that that inspiration is important, but that's, Anyone agree? I I certainly don't share any of my stuff for the sake of being inspirational. I share it because I have the opportunity to, I have, I have multiple streams of folks that are attracted to my message because of the fact that I have, like I have my clinical experience and what I do for a living. And then I have like lived experience things. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I am to authentically show up. And that's one thing that actually really matters to me. I'm obviously not sharing like my deepest, darkest on social media, but talking about the realities of living with disability, living with chronic illness, um, it matters to me. And there are other people who I'm, I'm positive are doing it better than I am, but I, I am, I'm fortunate to be able to count myself among them. And I think it matters. I I feel really passionate about the fact that there are things that I can say that have nothing to do with nutrition, have nothing to do with anything except like making us as humans on this planet better because I haven't always been a disabled person. So as I am disabled, I'm learning a lot Mm -hmm. and I am utilizing this opportunity to share what I'm learning as I'm going because I think that makes us all, you know, that makes us better. It makes me better. Yeah. And I know that's something we'll definitely get into a little more like how you talk about your relationship with your body. And this isn't about coming to the space and being like, I love my body. And I know you're very, <laughs> anybody who's not watching, if you could see her stink face right now, but I, <laughs> I learned a lot from you. I remember when I met you about that and, and I, and continuously following you, um, just learning about like your relationship with your body and body respect and body neutrality and all of these things. I think you have, like you said, you have this relationship with your body that you were pre-disabled and then where we're at now. And if you don't mind me asking, and I would just so people that maybe haven't, I'm assuming everybody that's listening has followed you already, but if they haven't, do you mind just sharing a little bit of background about um, your diagnosis and kind of how that's and, and where we are today? Sure. Uh, So I was diagnosed with MS when I was 15, and for the first, I don't know, like 
maybe 10 years of having MS, I was pretty unaffected by it. Maybe that's maybe a lie, maybe a little less than 10 years. And so I started with relapsing, remitting MS. So I would have a flare, then I'd get treated with steroids, it would go away. Um, and I have moved into a stage of disease called secondary progressive MS, where there's decline in physical function, um, despite the fact that there's nothing new happening in my brain in terms of demyelination. So this is, this is a progressive illness. And so now I'm hopefully in like a holding pattern. Um, there is no cure for MS. And so I would like to just stay as like able as I possibly can. Um, in, you know, in the meantime, yeah. did I answer that thoughtfully enough? Yeah, no, I think just, just understanding like, you know, your diagnosis and when it came into your life and whatnot. So then with that, if you don't mind kind of going into, and I think this is huge for, again, anyone who hasn't followed you, when you talk about your relationship with your body, right. And how our bodies are in a constant state of evolution. And I, I had, I believe you had said this quote, our bodies are in a constant state of evolution. When our minds are doing the same, there can be harmony. So just kind of talking about like your relationship with your body and whether it's your body or other people's bodies. I love just hearing you talk about humans and our relationship with our body and how we're so much more than our body. And I think it's like, you just have so much knowledge there. I just think that, um, actually living with disability has made me a better practitioner and a better human because I am, you know, in a position where there are things that are happening to my body that are way outside of my control. And I'm not okay with all of the things that are happening to my body all the time. And I find gratitude for things that literally five years ago would have made me probably really, really appalled. Um, and you know, I've spent time really lamenting all of the changes that happened to my body. I've spent a lot of time shooting on myself and I have come to a place of recognizing that like body, body change is inevitable. This is part of being alive. We are humans and it doesn't matter if it's human, every single living thing changes. And so if we are to ever come to a place of peace with those changes, you know, we have to, we have to start somewhere and it doesn't mean body love. It doesn't mean body positivity. Um, that is a movement that really was not designed for a thin white woman anyway. It's like, I can only do the best that I can. And I think we can, we all can only do the best that we can in terms of living in our bodies from one day to another by being as gentle and generous with ourselves as possible. Does that mean you have to love every part of your body to like have a good day? Gosh, I really hope not because if that's the case, we're going to spend a lot of time not having great days, especially because of so much. What I, what I find is that so much of body image is related to the way we feel in relation to other people or the way we feel in relation to like a previous version of our body. Mm -hmm. um, I am almost in my mid thirties and I have, I, I don't know from an age related place, like where, what I line up with. Am I like a 70 year old or something like that? I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that being 
unkind to myself for this disability has not made me any less disabled, has not made me be able to walk any more quickly, has not made it possible for me to do anything in safety um, any, any differently. It's only made me feel like shit. So that's why I started the shit talk jar. And I, I'm really, really careful. I, I'm really pretty good at this point about like not, not saying out loud, certainly not saying out loud, but not, not doing a heck of a lot of beating myself up either. And that took a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, and it does take a lot of practice because I think the world wants us all to like, hate our bodies so much and that's where diet and wellness culture come in as like the savior except there's no there's no salvation we're not supposed to be saved from our bodies these bodies are not problems i love that that's so powerful yeah (laughs) tell me about the shit talk jar yeah (laughs) so i was working as at montanito i was the uh, residential dietitian and i I loved, 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 loved that job so much. Um, But I was doing a lot of this. This is like at the beginning of my disability, I was walking more slowly than I wanted to and um, developing a limp, whatever. And I would say things to my clients like, oh, don't, don't look at me. Don't look at my legs. Don't watch me walk down my stairs, whatever. And like, my stupid leg, my blah, 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 whatever it was. Like I'm talking shit about my body in front of humans who had their own body image stories, were already vulnerable. And here I am, this privileged woman who is also elevated as like a, this dietitian in a position of authority. And I'm wanting to help, in this case, this is women only, move into a place of, of increased self-care anyway, um, and body peace. And I am like spilling my shit all over these people. And I remember feeling super uncomfortable. Um, I was at, in one of my supervision groups with some, some of the like lovely dietitians in Boston talking about my body. And they were saying like, it really makes sense. You don't talk about this clinically very often, right? You're not talking about the significance of the loss of of your functionality, but I do hear you saying like really unkind things to your body. And just having that reflected to me made me decide that I needed to have like a shit talk jar. So every time, and this is, again, this is an exercise of privilege. And if you are wanting to move away from like slamming your body, it doesn't have to be in a denomination of a dollar. But what I decided was, okay, I'm going to put a dollar in this jar. And I kept the jar in my car every time I say a negative thing about my body and I'll save it up. Like, and this is saying things out loud. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately I started doing saying things out loud and thinking things. Okay. And in four months or so, I amassed um, quite a sum of money and donated it to a local eating disorder treatment facility. Uh, or not facility, a treatment um, community, but um, it, and I I actually have a story about this up on like the saved um, IGTV thing, Um, but it really changed the way that I 
I spoke to myself and changing the way I spoke to myself changed the way I felt. Hmm. Yeah. Right. If I'm not, if I'm not saying all of this nasty stuff over and over and over to myself, it actually, it doesn't change the, again, in the same way as me talking negatively doesn't change the fact that I'm disabled, not speaking negatively doesn't change the fact that I'm disabled, but it does make the experience of being a human on the planet much, much nicer. Hmm. I, I choose that. that. It's so you have powerful. me speechless, Anna. <laughs> Seriously. And there's like no follow-up to that because that's just everything you said. So everybody can take something away from that. Anybody listening and everybody should. I love that shit talk jar idea. I, I think know. That it. Okay. <laughs> That's something, um, I feel like a lot of, I'm like thinking of certain clients. I'm like, Ooh, uh-huh. that's a great <laughs> and I mean, for myself, for, I mean, not just clients, that's that, like self-reflection. I mean, that's huge. And you know, everyone, I think a lot of times we hear people say like, okay, if you, you know, the things that you're saying in your head, would you ever say them to your daughter, to your sister, to your mother? And like, people are like, of course not. Of course not. And then when you reflect to yourself, it's like, well, why is it okay? But I like like that shit talk jar really brings that like outside of yourself, especially yeah. of course, if you say something out loud, like it's easier to talk about, but, but if it's in your head and you just keep kind of suppressing it and letting it happen and fester, it, it's. Mm-hmm. Needs to be and so I've had, I've had clients feel like called to, to do a similar thing. And it might be like, I'm going to talk kindly to myself or notice when I'm speaking unkindly to myself and come the end of this project, like I'm going to go buy myself shorts that are in my size. Mm -hmm. So I won't, you know, I don't feel badly. This is not about saying like you have to do some philanthropic thing with this money and you can put like a penny in a jar and it doesn't matter. It's not about money. It's actually about the act of just noticing and naming and noticing and naming. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. The awareness is so big. And I mean, on that vein, can we talk about your hashtag, Inaccessible Views? Yeah. <laughs> so this is the other side of what I love so much about Instagram. Um, so I grew up in South Dakota. I grew up in, you know, dirt and running all over the place. And I really, really, really love and miss nature. Um, And so from a kind of a selfish place, I asked folks, and I think Paige Smathers was the first dietitian that I was like, hey, send me some Utah pictures. Um, And so I started Inaccessible Views because I wanted things that would bring me back into nature. And what has happened is I've gotten videos from all around the world. Um, and these, this collection has been viewed uh, like over 10,000 times, which is insane and beautiful. It's so, 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 so happy. Um, and it's lovely that I have, again, this, and this speaks to the community that I am a part of. Um, I, I get these videos and I swear most every single one of them like makes me teary. Some of them actually make me kind of ugly cry um, <laughs> because it's just, it is so moving um, to be as particularly the videos make me cry because, and particularly the videos when someone is actually moving their body because 
it brings me, um, it brings me something that like, I can't, I can't do anymore. And it gives me an experience of moving through nature in a way that I can't. And I mean, cross fingers, but like probably won't again. And so it's just, it's been, it's just so, so meaningful to me. And it's been lovely to have other folks talk about the reasons why inaccessible views has been meaningful to them as well. People of color have reached out saying like, I don't feel welcome in these places. People with sensory um, struggles who have a hard time being in large crowds have reached out and said, this is really wonderful. And it's also like recognizing the privilege to be able to go into beautiful natural places, meaning like you're going to take some time off of work or like not have to be busting your ass all weekend. And like, you can take, take a minute to go outside and look at something really cool. It's, it's all about, it's all about privilege. And so, and it's, it's so interesting because when I, when I first started in accessible views, I didn't think about any of those things, but what, what I am really realizing as an anti-diet practitioner and as a disabled woman like I am feeling more and more firm and more and more um sure-footed in the fact that like if we are moving and working for social justice we can't be selective about where we are asking people to show up in terms of social justice Mm. so I, I and I know I'm going to start angering followers and that's okay again like I am here to support folks, but I'm also here to challenge myself. And as I am being challenged, I want to challenge other people to challenge me back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I never, I never, ever, ever, when I thought about inaccessible views, I was being greedy because I miss nature. But I didn't think about like all of the reasons why people can't access it. Mm-hmm. And so get ready for a new sassier and probably more off-putting version of Anna coming in 2020. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, you had me tearing up over here. I know. (laughs) This is the most quiet I've ever been because I literally like everything you're saying is just so powerful. I mean, First of all, thank you for all you do for 50,000 plus people and more. I mean, it's just, it's so incredible. So like, what's next for you? What's your next conquest here? So, <laughs> I am very um, dedicated. And Sammy, I probably should talk to you about this because you've done this. But um, I am in the middle of creating some programs that are going to be available to people um, (laughs) because I get a a, a number of emails that I can't respond to. Like I just, I can't, I can't work with everybody. You told Um, me that in September, you're like, I have like 500 open, unopened emails. And I was like, we need to get on that. Like we need to get you. So, and I, like, I, I need to, I just need to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot in my brain and I have a lot that I would really like to share. Yeah. Um, and it's not to suggest, like Instagram doesn't substitute for clinical work, right? I'm not anybody on Instagram's dietitian and that's not the point. And I don't, I'm not going to be someone's dietitian by creating a program 
but I think that there are things that I can speak to and I will say it here. Um, Ooh, exclusive um, info. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really interested in starting um, with, I think the first thing that I release is going to be about um, navigating diet culture and wellness culture and living with a chronic illness. Because I think that there are so many crazy ass messages about how to optimize health and, you know, like manifest wellness and don't get me started. On yeah. Wait, what did you put up the other day? I was oh, dying. And I want to read it again. <laughs> I, lost, I lost a lot. I, I actually angered and lost a lot of followers from that post. Honestly, okay. no, it's okay. You it's, it's, it's worth it because I, it's okay. That's not, that's so I'm not, I'm not here to, and this is one of the things about social media. Like there are like handholding techniques that could be used so that everybody's going to love me. I don't need everyone to love me. I need, and this is again, one of the really cool things that I have going is that I have a diverse following. And so if I'm going to speak to people who live with chronic illnesses and speak about the fact that manifestation of wellness for me, like, fuck <laughs> all the way off, yeah. I, would, I would love, I would love to manifest myself not disabled. Like, that would be such a gift. But yeah. because I can't, that's why inaccessible views is a thing. But also, I am... I'm really, really, really tired of wellness culture um, pouncing on already vulnerable folks. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. So there are lots of chapters to, to how this is going to unfold, but I think um, mostly I just have to do this and mm -hmm. I need to, like, I just need to figure out the how to do it part. And I can't figure out like, do people want to see my face? Do they want to listen to my voice? Do they want to just have worksheets? Do they want, like, I, don't the I, was I don't know. All the above. All the above. <laughs> yeah, we, we can, oh, I'd be happy to talk to you about it, but I, think, I would love that. I think if you are given, we're all given a special gift, right? But like you have such a special voice and can reach so many people that need to hear what you have to say. And I truly feel like I don't mean this in a mean way. You would be doing a disservice to not move forward with what you were just talking I, about. I actually agree with you. I yeah. actually agree with you at this point. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome. That's yeah. amazing. So, yeah. and, and your voice and seeing your face, like, is just, it's so powerful, too. You, also, yeah. you have a very calming voice, so make sure that that's very much a part of it. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that you listened to the Fuck It Diet podcast that I just did. I haven't listened I, yet, but I heard it. I, was, I was really sick, and I had, like, a raspy, sexy voice. <laughs> it was, it was... It was like kind of like an adolescent boy meets wait, like sick but, person. Wait, but really Caroline, she has a very raspy, sexy voice too. No. That's probably like an amazing no, podcast. <laughs> Mine was better. Mine was better. We just actually, I think Caroline was our last guest on She here, was. And I was really telling her that she had a sexy, like, yes. voice and that mm -hmm. I, like, enjoy listening to her in a non-creepy way. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's Same. Perfect. So I, I'm, that will be on the top of my to listen next 
podcast oh, cool. together. I'll do that on my next dog walk today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like actually liked that conversation. It was a good one. Yeah. Oh, she's she's awesome. You two are a power couple right yeah, there. Power talk, team. Talk about, <laughs> like, yeah, talk about like women yeah, with, with snarky comments. Like <laughs> you two are two of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I and it's the thing, like I'm I just, I don't negotiate with eating disorder terrorists and I don't <laughs> want to negotiate with like wellness culture preying on people that I really care about. No, You're- and I think it's so important to be strong in that. And I know that's something I've done some supervision with Haley Goodrich, who we'll be having on here. And she always challenges me. And I always say, continue to challenge me because being taught in diet culture it, we're literally taught as dietitians to do some of this. So like if there's something that I do or say or put out that has a diet culture twist on it, like I want to be called out and we need to be called out. And because not to look at it as like we need to be defensive or, or like we're terrible dietitians, but it's just to grow and to learn and to realize Amen. that it's actually harmful and it's uncomfortable. And I know like the first couple of times Haley did it to me, you know, she was so sweet. And I was like, no, like just call me out. Like, this, it is uncomfortable growing, but once you start to feel that uncomfortableness and it keeps growing, I feel like that's where the change really happens. And that's where it's, right. it's been a beautiful transition. It's hard, but it, it's, it's worth it for sure. It's been really wonderful to kind of watch you evolve. Thank you. I feel like you're my big sister. I would love to be your big sister. You and Jenna both. Jenna was real boss. You can be my sisters. Well, I'm looking at your Instagram right now, and the one that struck me was from a couple days ago, too, about, I don't don't know, can we say names on here? We can, right? About Weight Watchers. I'm just going to say it. Like, that was so fucking amazing that, like, A, you called that out, and can you to, read it? To, Which one is it? To read that where it said, my client unenrolled from Weight Watchers two years ago. They asked for a reason in her departure oh, yeah. and said, I am being treated for an eating disorder was her response. WW, new name, same game, started emailing her again at the start of the year. Like I read that like four times and like I actually have tears in my eyes reading it now because it's just to think about how many people that goes out to and affects that don't have the opportunity to work with someone as special as you. Like I can't even imagine the impact. And I've had, I think probably like 50 people wrote me and were like, yeah, me too. Right. Like this is wellness culture. This is diet culture. Like, and I, if the chills, I, hate, I hate Weight Watchers. Mm. And I, 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 everybody's saying I should call out Oprah. I'd like, Oprah doesn't care what I have to say. Um, she's just collecting money, but it makes me so 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 sad that people actively try to unenroll from things and then I've also talked to people who are saying like I put I'm buying I like I watch tv shows and these Oprah ads just keep like auto populating like Weight Watchers commercials right now Mm -hmm. like I know it's still January but it feels like we've kind of come out of the craziness of the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. but she is still all over the place touting Mm -hmm. Weight Watchers as though it's, you know, going to be this answer. And there, this is the, like, the really troubling part is whether it's Oprah or Gwyneth Paltrow or some other celebrity, like, there's always going to be someone who we have, for one reason or another, 
culturally elevated who is making money, making people feel uncomfortable and making people feel as though they need to spend more money to be more whole, healthy, like radical beings, right? And I really want to combat that message because I think that, you know, the more we buy in, the more we separate from ourselves and our own, like trusting ourselves and our own truths. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time. And the thing is, I, I have to have all the time because Weight Watchers is way bigger than me. They didn't read my tweet. They don't care, mm-hmm. right? Like I, something I tweeted about them when Kerbo came out mm-hmm. was featured in the New York Times. They don't care. Like that's not important to them because they are just like pulling in money. And so it's, this is why to me, one of the reasons why it's so important, like I'm, I have no problem calling out Weight Watchers not because they give a tiny hoot about me, but because I can't count the number of people that I have treated. At this point in my career, I have taken care of, like think about all levels of care, tens of thousands of people, which is like a psycho thing to say out loud. Um, But the number of, and exclusively with eating disorders, but the number of people that have been affected by organized diet culture it's un it's uncanny it's just it's it's horrifying yeah well i think in the anti diet book christy harrison just put out i i had put that up the other day that it was from ages 25 to 45 year old women 65% have shown disordered eating behaviors and an additional 10% were diagnosed with eating disorder so that's 75% of women pretty much are walking around and honestly like I feel like it's more than that but I believe it um, is. because it's like how, how do you truly like say like someone has those behaviors but um yeah it's it needs to be called out and yeah. we need to stand together for sure and it's so it's so hard because we live in a culture that so normalizes and like encourages disordered patterns and disordered behaviors mm-hmm. um and it's it's tricky and again this is like why I, I actually hate goop and i am like so frustrated right so gwyneth is coming out with her her netflix Fucking thing is netflix, out netflix i know well but like also game changers right like you don't actually oh. have to be vegan to be an athlete no <laughs> like you, you don't um or plant-based yeah. whatever um right plant-based but but like it's the tricky thing is and i'm actually well i'm gonna spoil a post but that's fine Um, it's okay this won't be released (laughs) it's awesome but um like documentaries and weight loss commercials and whatever it is like these are one-sided pieces of propaganda yeah and there it's it's really important that as as consumers we are being, and and we are teaching our young people how to be thoughtful consumers, and we are able to, we as grown-ups are able to really recognize, like, who's making money? Like, that's the first question, who's making money here? And if this makes me feel like it's a thing that I should, with quotes around it, do, like, what what part of me is being appealed to? Is it that Mm -hmm. vulnerable spot, or is it a part of me that is being encouraged to like expand and be bigger and be more present on this planet and diet culture likes to suggest that it's like making everybody's life better but in fact it just makes people's lives smaller and more contracted that's very true 
It's awesome. I feel like this is like a knowledge bomb drop. Yeah. And I just keep thinking about like the reach of the people that you're talking about. I mean, like Netflix and Weight Watchers and like, it's just, it's horrifying. It's horrifying and it's scary. And I think that there's a lot of people, especially in the nutrition field that are waking up to these messages and are trying to undo the years of being caught up in it and like move forward. And I think it's a beautiful thing to watch the change being happening. And I think that both of you are a huge voice with your massive followings in that. And you should both be so proud of that. I feel like I'm interviewing you both now, <laughs> but it's just, oh, there's just, there's so much. Can you say the statistic again of like the size of the diet industry? I think you said it in the beginning. 72 billion now. Yeah. 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 One more time, $72 billion diet industry. Like we could do a lot with that. Like, hello, (laughs) we can save the world with that money. It's so crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. But okay. So I feel like this conversation can go for eons, but we like to kind of close with a few things we call it. Now I know we weren't necessarily drinking alcohol today on this I know. Monday. I felt bad. I'm a little um, we have tired this morning. <laughs> water. My horoscope told me to drink a lot of water today. Don't worry. I don't like actually read those, but it told me that but I was you like, totally did. All right. <laughs> I did. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Anna's going to make so much fun of me because she's going to think I'm like manifesting my life through a horoscope. Um, <laughs> I hope it, it's a really good horoscope. Today it says it water. says be hydrated. It's impacting so her. You, you, can, you can manifest that today. I got that. You but, can see a lot. Yeah. Now we don't, of course, we don't have necessarily alcohol with us right now, but we always like to leave with a nutrition tipsy. So you can give us one, two, three, or just one, two, or this three. This entire episode has been a nutrition yes. tipsy. Definitely. <laughs> like, like, what would be your big takeaway? It can be one, two, or three things that, like, anybody that was listening today, like, what do you want to leave them with? Mm. Gosh. Um, I think that the message of, like, it's okay if you have been in diet culture for a really long time. And your body is always ready for you to come home. Mm. And your body is always, always, always going to be there to kind of catch you. And, you know, this is going to feel really uncomfortable. Walking away from diet culture sucks. And it sucks mentally and physically and socially. And it's like all of the things. It's very, very challenging. And your body is on your team. And so it would be lovely if you could even make one move today, tomorrow, whatever, um, to show your body that you, you get that, that you're on your body's team too. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm crying over here. <laughs> <Anna>. <laughs> it's just so powerful. I mean, that statement, your body is ready for you to come home. Like, can I have that on a t-shirt? <laughs> like, you need to add that to your online course. You need to have a shop of all of your sayings and your quotes. Yeah. I actually should do that. That I, told that, that I, could, that I could do now. I'll yeah. take the first one, okay? Yeah. You got it. You, got it. Yeah. you know, in light of, I mean, I, obviously this episode won't be aired for a while, but in light of like the news from yesterday and like the tragedy of that helicopter crash, I mean, 
I've been like an emotional wreck over a person that I never knew, right? But I think that goes to show like the impact that you leave in this world goes far beyond the people in your inner circle, right? And Anna, I mean, thank you for even this last 40 minutes of just sharing your wisdom and your very unique views on this world and what we're able to do with the time that we have here. And I think that anybody that's listening to this is privileged to hear you speak. And I'm just, it's just, I thank you for that. We thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't say enough good things about you. You know how I feel about you. Um, <laughs> So I'm not going to start because I'll cry. So um, join so, me. <laughs> so for everybody who is listening today, what is the, I've already said it a million times, or we have, but what is the best way that people can find you um, to learn more? Definitely add Dietitian Anna on Instagram. <laughs> and the thing is, so I have, there are so, there are way more um, things in my inbox than I'll ever be able to get to, but I do. I do my, I truly do my best, um, to be as interactive with my, it's one of the reasons why I say hi every day. Mm -hmm. Um, not because I like think that everybody needs to have a dose of Anna, but like have a dose of Anna. Um, just come, come hang out with me on Instagram. I love it. I, I love, love it. That. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today with us, Anna. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future because we could talk forever um, but thanks again. And we only dug into like half of these things. <laughs> so, so much. You bet. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon.